Hi, this is Randall Dobbins with Business Partner Blueprint, where we provide strategic alliance training to help you quickly grow your business. And I'm welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate contracts. And today, I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. (laughs) I'm uh, welcoming you back to our nine-part series on the pathway to your success. This series is about helping you to discover the small business growth opportunity with the biggest companies in the world. This uh, series has uh, walked you through the various issues such as uh, corporate contracts versus government contracts, how to use corporate contracts to build your legacy business that gives back. What does that mean really and truly? What do large companies buy and uh, why the time is now for small business owners to get into this game. How do you go about financing your small business so that you can really play to win? As well, what's the mindset for success? And our topic for this episode is the corporate opportunity. Do they buy what I sell? Do they buy what you sell? This is uh, part four, the corporate opportunity. Do they buy what I sell? And I want you to think about this in this con- in this uh, context. Have you ever heard the phrase starstruck? Um, celebrity struck. You remember when you looked at rock stars or you looked at m- movie stars or you looked at uh, really, really, really famous people, very, very important people. And somehow or another, you saw the glamour of their life you saw all the attention that they received and in your head you started thinking through the amount of money they made and how much easier their life is you know if they were you know always driven around in a limousine or if they were always having uh maids and butlers and um uh just a whole host of people that saw to them all the concierge services where you you just imagine that there's a whole host of things they traded in because they could afford to not do the every everyday stuff. Can you picture that? You you know what that looks like? I mean, that's the image that is exported to us on a regular basis where, you know, when you achieve that level of success, you're immune to a whole host of things. And so Everybody just generally believes that's that's their their everyday life, and 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 I I I mention that particular example because you would be amazed, you really and truly would be amazed how often I get the question, well, what do corporations buy? And you know, it's one of those things I could go through a, a list. And I could say, oh, gosh, everything in the world. But I want you to think about our our celebrity, our important person, the people that we think have it so easy that surely there are things they don't do. And I'll tell you, when, when I came down to reality on this one, I was shopping in a local electronics store, and I saw a U.S. president shopping 
And I'll be more precise. I was in Houston, Texas. I was in an electronics store called Circuit City. And sure enough, uh, former President George H.W. Bush, uh, as we as we say in Texas, Bush 41, walks in. He had two Secret Service guys uh, trailing behind him. But he was shopping at Circuit City. He was walking. He was looking for uh, CDs, compact, a, a couple of com- compact discs. I don't know if he was buying presents for a grandchild or what it was. But he was actually shopping. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, surely this man had someone who could do something like that for him. But no, no, he shopped. He did it himself. And then, uh, you know, I've heard of stories of people saying, guess who I ran into at the grocery store? Guess who I ran into at the lumber store? Guess who I ran into at the department store? Guess who I ran into, you know, out playing, uh, uh, was out um, in the stadium while their kids were, were at a soccer match or at a football game or at a baseball game or at a rugby game. And, and, and it's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We had gone through and we had put, or I had gone through and I'd put all these people on a pedestal and it never occurred to me that they had everyday lives and everyday needs just like me. Can you imagine that? They have everyday lives and everyday needs just like me. And so that kind of just begs the question, you know, my answer to the person that asked me what do corporations buy, I said they buy pretty much the the exact same thing that you buy for your business. They go, what? I said, yeah. I said they just buy a lot more of it. (laughs) But they really and truly buy a lot of the exact same things you buy for your business. Now, I want to break this down, and we're going to break it down into... uh, Two buckets, two primary buckets, and two sub-buckets. So uh, the primary bucket is direct, uh, direct materials versus indirect materials. And the sub-bucket is uh, services versus uh, materials. So let, let's, let's start with direct materials versus indirect because i think this is where a lot of people get tripped up you 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 might say okay all right if i'm uh thinking about a large automobile company volkswagen general motors toyota you might say well randall i don't sell anything that goes in a car and what you're saying in that particular statement is that a car is considered uh, an actual direct product for GM, Volkswagen, Toyota. And yes, you're right. If you don't sell anything that goes in the car, you don't sell a direct product. That is a true statement. And so you might conclude, well, gosh, there's nothing that I could sell to GM. No, that's not true. Because GM has a whole host of indirect products and you want to think of indirect products as everything that does not go on the assembly line indirect products are everything else they buy that's not actually in the car it's a little bit broader than that but that gives you a pretty good idea because you might say well okay did uh did they buy a plant 
for the cars to be built in. Yes, they bought a plant. Did they buy equipment to assemble the car? Yes, they did. Do they buy supplies to maintain that equipment? Yes, they do. Do they have uh, office furniture and equipment and parts for those buildings? Yes, they do. Do they have electricity in that plant? Yes, they do. Do they have lights and lighting and um, all the various things that you know you have in your house when you turn when you flip the switch? Do, do they have wiring and all that stuff? Yes, they do. Uh, do they have to maintain that building? Yes, they do. Do they buy brooms and mops and all that kind of stuff? Yes, they do. Vacuum cleaners? Yes, they do. Okay. And you can just keep going with that. Um, you, you know, office supplies. Uh, um, you can just keep going. Everything that anybody would need in an office building, large corporations purchase. Anything they need to uh, make sure that the car gets assembled, they need. And so that gets you into both direct and indirect materials. And that's pretty much the same in any industry. You can take the exact same things for hospitals. You can take the exact same thing in the hospitality industry for hotels. You can do the exact same thing for the computer industry, for oil and gas, for energy. You pick any industry and there are direct materials and indirect materials and direct materials are what they actually use that goes into the finished product or as you will most commonly see it on their balance sheet is something called cost of goods sold all right these are the items that go directly into production for the purpose of uh, offering it to the customer and everything else they spend is considered indirects all right so um, while your product may not be a, uh, a direct product for what they do like a pharmaceutical company it could very well be an indirect product and they need both so let's go to the subcategory that we talked about products versus materials versus services uh, there's a whole host of materials that they need in general and materials really and truly are is, is some type of hard good or for those of us that grew up uh, in, in cartoons or 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 in any economics or management class where they talked about widgets it's like who in the world knew what a widget was <laughs> a widget is just a physical object all right i don't a, a widget is a physical object it's something tangible something you can touch something you can put your hands on they buy all kinds of widgets that's a material a material is nothing more than a widget all right. It is something physical that they purchase. And, uh, and as we talked about earlier, it can be both direct and indirect um, materials. But services, on the other hand, services require labor. And uh, it really and truly is just somebody taking human capital or labor and using that to to perform some task. And now services is kind of an amazing area. You get some of the usual services like legal services and accounting services and staffing services and you can start getting into plumbing services and you can get into carpentry services and you can get get into mechanical services i mean the list of services can almost become endless but the list of services in the current market has gotten 
a lot more expansive, especially once you start throwing in things like coaching services. All right. And you might be going, well, well wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Now, Randall. Now, now you're, you're, you're talking about something that, I, that, that relates to me because uh, I, I hadn't done the widgets. I hadn't really done a lot of the materials. I'm not supplying parts. I'm not supplying technology. I'm, I'm not doing any of those kinds of things. I'm actually providing a service. Well, I'm telling you right now, corporations purchase all kinds of services. And what makes services really fascinating, it isn't so much that they buy ABC or XYZ services no more, no less. All right. It's more of what is your ability to show how your service uh, can can actually drive the value solutions they seek, the value goals, the, the savings reduction, the total cost reduction, the value requirement that they're looking for, in which case they are open to whatever kind of services they think they think can drive value services is a huge opportunity but you have to show them the value of why they should purchase the service from you and how best to use it in order to actually uh, receive or achieve that value and so as we start finishing up I want to give you one more nuance around this because I don't want you to believe this is an or situation. This uh, can be an and situation. The and situation is what happens when you wrap a service around the use of a material, whether it's a direct material or an indirect material. Uh, and then you start getting into how valuable that service is. If you have a service that allows for better utilization of a direct material, then, oh my goodness, they will be singing your praises and writing songs of you and shouting to the heavens. <laughs> if you provide a service that gives them greater utilization uh, or, or more value utilization or lower costs for an indirect service, they're going to find a way to, to keep, you, keep you around and doing things. That becomes such a huge opportunity when you can provide a service that actually affects the way that they do a whole host of things, including how they actually use materials. And you can show it to them in a way. I mean, you bring that level of innovation that shows them a way to actually take greater advantage of that uh, material purchase, whether it's indirect or direct. And now the last thing I'm going to leave you with is what might be an indirect material or a service applied to an indirect in one industry could very well be direct in another industry. Okay. If you hypothetically offered, um, A server, a uh, ser ser server, uh, uh, computer server, mm, computer server sales business, a computer server. If you're selling servers, computer servers to uh, to. Um, let, let me give you a really good example. If you're selling computer services 
to uh, Home Depot, if you're selling it to a lumber company, then that might just be something that they need to put the accounting system on and call it a day. But if you're selling computer servers to an artificial intelligence company, then that is strategic and direct to their ability to deliver their product, to deliver their pat their platform. And since we have so many data companies and things like that, then all of a sudden, what was an indirect purchase for one company, like a hardware company or a consumer durables company, is now becoming, it becomes a direct material for somebody offering information services. So it becomes really, really, really strategic for them, in which case this becomes significant with regard to how much attention they're going to give it, how important it is to their business, the amount of money that they're willing to spend on it. Because in the case of a direct material, they look at things in terms of if I make this kind of investment, what are the, the multiples of uh, that cost can I get back in revenue? Whereas if they look at it on the indirect side, the goal is how do I reduce the cost, extend the life, and um, potentially, depending on what it is, bring it in for less less money, get bring it in cheaper. So I say that to say that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not so much whether they buy what I sell. It's more of do I have a fundamental understanding of what it is they need. And do I have a good idea of how to position it? I think, you know, some of the things I've seen here recently is I do know uh, people that are that have uh, massage services that are offering that service to major corporations uh, under the employee wellness umbrella. I know people that are actual chefs that actually plan menus for the employees for the company because the company is focused on having a healthier workforce. So, I mean, you know, at this point, under the category of what do major companies buy, my goodness, they buy a whole host of things. And uh, one of the things that you're going to find challenging, and we'll talk about this on another episode, is now that we've given the preview that there's a high probability that they probably purchase what you sell, then you have to now get into the question of, well, how do they purchase it and from whom do they purchase it? And that's a topic for another conversation. But hey, uh, stay tuned for our next episode, episode 42, and which is going to be part five of our Dime Part series. Hey, you, you, you've made it uh, 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 more than almost more than almost halfway episode five will be halfway and uh, part five is the corporate opportunity the mindset for winning understanding the customer the corporate customers challenges and how you can help so stay tuned for that and uh, so please go to www.blueprintpros.com and get on our email list. I'd love for you to stay up to date on new episodes and other exciting news. Or you can just leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you're thinking. And if there are other topics you want me to cover or if there's something that you want me to go back and review in a bit more detail. Hey, I, you, you never know. I may feature your comment in an up, upcoming ep- or we are going to do a few more sessions where we're interviewing people I, I i may actually have you come on the show and and we can talk about your business and uh, also <coughs> sorry about that please share our podcast with your friends and colleagues we'd love to 
make sure we give other people the opportunity to discover some of the things that you're discovering about how amazing how amazing an opportunity it is to sell into this market and so uh, stay tuned we have a special surprise coming up in the next few episodes so just keep listening and uh, this is randall dobbins and i'll see you on the other side take care for now <laughs>